The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfolds by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Welcome to Good Shepherd Sunday. Today is the fourth Sunday of Easter, which is often called Good Shepherd Sunday, because every year on this Sunday we read a portion of John 10, uh, the gospel for today, and we read Psalm 23, and even the epistle from this week features um, sheep and, uh, and shepherd. So I thought I'd begin by um, giving you a, a little story uh, about about sheep and shepherds um, that uh, for me helps to illustrate uh, what Jesus is um, talking about here with the parable of the Good Shepherd. So um, uh, about 18 years ago when Julia and I first moved to Scotland for uh, graduate school we both brought with us very different fantasies about what our life was going to be like. While I, I imagined heated theological debates that spilled into late-night discussions in the pub, Julia was looking forward to learning about Scottish woolcraft and spinning and knitting and weaving. So to split the difference, during the weekdays I'd spend my time in the library or the seminar room, and on the weekends we'd rent a car or board a train in search of sheep. On one such trip, we headed south from Glasgow, where we lived, 
to check out Hadrian's Wall and to look for sheep. This squat stone wall is only a few feet high, but it stretches nearly 80 miles from coast to coast. When it was constructed in AD 122, it served as a frontier boundary between, the Roman Britain, between Roman Britain to the south and the barbarians further north. We decided to pull over at a convenient spot and take a closer look. The portion of the wall that we were exploring had been repurposed by a farmer to serve as one of the sides of a large sheep enclosure. Not unlike the thief and the bandit in Jesus' parable this morning, we were sneaking into the sheepfold and not using the gate. While I was trying to figure out what this place may have looked like in ancient Roman Britain, Julia was trying to make friends with the sheep. But no matter how lovingly she called, Here, sheepy sheepy, the flock remained aloof, and they just wouldn't follow her voice. That is, until, as of one mind, the sheep turned toward her and started charging up the field. Demonstrating the difference between leading sheep and being chased by sheep, Julia ran up the hill to shelter with me behind the remains of the stone wall. In spite of our best intentions, clearly we were not yet good shepherds. Now when I tell this story, I often uh, like to point out that we found out about Hadrian's Wall um, from a memory that I had of a picture of my grandparents walking along Hadrian's Wall in the 1980s. And so when we came back home to the States after my grandparents had died and went through their things, we were really surprised to see that there is a picture of my two grandparents taken in 1984 in the exact same spot where Julia and I were hanging out on Hadrian's Wall in 2003. Well, so I mentioned all of this to help us understand a little bit about uh, this metaphor of the Good Shepherd that Jesus used in John's Gospel. The story of the Good Shepherd, the parable of the Good Shepherd in John 10, is really a response to a controversy that erupted around the healing of a man who had been born blind, uh, was blind from birth. You may remember this as the story where Jesus spits on the ground and makes a mud mask with his saliva and places it on the eyes of the blind man and then commands him to wash in the pool of Siloam. Uh, here's a picture of the pool of Siloam today. This healing raised the ire of the Pharisees, in part because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and also in part because this healing provided support for the claims that Jesus and his disciples were making about Jesus' identity. Now in John's Gospel, when Jesus performs a miracle like the healing of the man born blind, it's often referred to by John as a sign. And such signs point to the identity of Jesus. They demonstrate that Jesus really is who he and others claim him to be. Namely, Jesus is the one sent by God to be with God's people, to lead them into abundant life, and to protect them with his self-sacrificial love. And as with any sign, in order to read it or to make out what it means, you need to be able to see clearly. The Pharisees, and many who were part of the formerly blind man's community, couldn't believe that such a healing could occur, and they doubted that God would empower a healing on the Sabbath, and they were incredulous that Jesus was the one doing the healing in the first place. In other words, giving physical sight to a blind man pointed to the spiritual blindness of the professionally religious people in Jesus' day. They just couldn't see who Jesus really was. So to offer spiritual sight to the spiritually blind, Jesus paints a word picture with this parable. And the picture illustrates three different aspects of Jesus's identity. 
The picture that Jesus paints in the parable of the Good Shepherd shows us that Jesus is the shepherd whose voice is known to his sheep, that Jesus is the gate to abundant life, and that Jesus is the sacrificial shepherd. So when Julia and I were in that field in the north of England and we clambered over that wall and didn't enter the gate, those sheep did not recognize our voices. But over the years, as we visited other sheepfolds, and let me tell you, there were many, we were able to witness firsthand what a healthy relationship between sheep and shepherd looked like. The shepherds who were most recognized by their sheep, that is, the shepherds whose sheep knew their voices, were the ones who spent the most time with their sheep. The difference between the thief and the bandit on the one hand, and the shepherd on the other, is not just their intentions toward the sheep, but their commitment to abiding with the sheep over the long haul. So with this parable, Jesus is saying to his disciples, you can trust that I'm the one sent by God, because I'm the one who's with you now and will remain with you always. I'm not some fly-by-night messiah, some armchair general, some bandit king. I'm here, and I'm here to stay. So the first image from the parable of the Good Shepherd is that Jesus Christ is the one sent by God to be with God's people forever. So as we move forward in this text, it's clear from verse 6 that those around Jesus couldn't quite make out what he was saying with this parable. So Jesus goes on to expand what he means by referring to himself as the gate next. Now, to be honest, this particular metaphor has not always been used well by Christian communities. Sometimes we hear preachers describe Jesus as a gate who is trying to keep people out of the church, or to keep the sheep who are inside this, this sheepfold from all the thieves and bandits who are on the other side of the gate. This is not at all what Jesus is saying here. Jesus isn't the gate that keeps us penned in. Rather, he's the gate that leads us out into freedom. Jesus says, whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. Rather than keeping people out of the sheep pen, he is the way that God's people journey into green pastures and still waters, to use the language from our psalm this morning. So in the second image of the parable of the Good Shepherd, we see that Jesus is the gate that leads God's people out into abundant life. Finally, Jesus concludes his three-part parable about sheep and gates and shepherds by calling himself the Good Shepherd, that is, the one who lays down his life for his sheep. When Julia and I would drive through the Scottish countryside, we would joke that they don't have traffic jams in rural Scotland, they have sheepy jams. Aimless sheep would make their way across the road and sometimes plop down in the middle of the road, endangering themselves and enraging tourists like us who are on our way to some other destination. Now, a neglectful shepherd would just leave the sheep on the road, putting the sheep and the surprised driver at risk but a good shepherd would rescue their flock, even if doing so puts the shepherd's life on the line. So when Jesus calls himself the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep, the picture that he paints is one that points, kind of like a sign, to his own death on the cross. The cross for Jesus is the ultimate symbol of self-sacrificial love. It demonstrates that there is no limit to his love for his sheep and that not even death can separate us from his care. In closing, this parable of the Good Shepherd helps us to see that Jesus is the one sent by God to be with God's people, to lead them into abundant life, and to protect them with his self-sacrificial love. 
This is a message that I really need to hear in this, our eighth Sunday in COVID tide. As I think about the word picture that Jesus painted, which helps to give sight to those who are spiritually blind, I see in his words a pattern and a promise that can help that we can hold on to and help us to navigate these uncertain days. The promise that Jesus offers us is that he, our good shepherd, is with us no matter what. Even though we are socially isolated, separated from those we love, and may experience anxiety, depression, or loneliness, Jesus promises us that we are not alone. And not only is Jesus with us, but we are part of this larger flock called the church. We may be a dispersed family that's physically distanced, but we are still part of one body that stretches through time and space and even eternity. In other words, Jesus promises us that we are not alone, even in a time of pandemic. The second thing that I take away from the parable of the Good Shepherd is a pattern to live by. I tell my theology students that whenever we say something about God, we're saying something about what we hope for in humanity as well. Not because God is a projection of humanity, but because humans as creatures made in the image of God are reflections of God's character. And Jesus, who is the fully human and fully divine one, is not only the clearest image of God, but also the clearest image of what it means for a human to be fully alive. So if the Good Shepherd is one who is known by his people and present to them and leads them through self-sacrificial love, we can see in this image, in this parable, a pattern for how we too can live our lives. I see examples of God's people reflecting the image of the Good Shepherd all around us when I look at the church. Every time we reach out to a friend for a Zoom happy hour or a quick check-in, we are being present to them like Jesus is to us. Every time we offer hope or help to our children, neighbors, or spouses, we are opening up a gateway to abundant life. Every essential worker who risks their well-being for their fellow human is laying down their life for another, and even also us who forgo public gatherings or recreation or stay at home, we too are sacrificing part of our own lives for the good of others. In all these sacrifices, big and small, we follow the pattern of the Good Shepherd who'd laid down his life for his sheep. And so, my socially isolated brothers and sisters, may we continually be drawn into the care and example of Jesus Christ, our Good Shepherd, and may we hold on to his promise of presence and live into the pattern of his love. Amen.